Hi everyone, thank you for joining me on this podcast episode. When I first started tossing around the idea of doing a podcast, my heart, my inspiration was really just to give back and to um, share some of the things I've learned and I'm learning um, in the business world and personally. And so I hope you really enjoy this episode, enjoy other episodes, and if you like it, please share, please comment on it because I really enjoy seeing that and I hope you enjoy this episode. All right, welcome to this episode of Winning with Beckwith. Today is a very special day, and I would say we have a legend on, but apparently I say that about everybody. So um, Colin has been somebody that has been around the beginning of the uh, podcast, helped get us set up. Um, So he's been behind the scenes a lot, so thank you for that. Absolutely. Um, So it's Colin Pomeree. That's excellent. Did I get it? 10 out of 10. All right, go ahead and tell us what you told me earlier, right before we started and recorded about your last name. My last name, with its spelling, only my family has that spelling in the entire world. There are a lot of fakes with Pomeroy, Pomeroy spelled I-E <laughs> at the end, but only the Pomeroy's from New York and Kempsville, Virginia Beach, that's us. So it's Pomeroy. Yep. Did I get it? Yep. All right. So just so everybody knows, I'm the worst pronunciator of names. And so <laughs> uh, yesterday I was like, let's, let's practice this. And I practiced it all morning. And then before the show... I said it wrong again, right? but I have it right now, so I feel pretty good about it. So Yeah, and your pace in saying it this time was really good, too. The quality control of Pomeroy. <laughs> you know? Thank you. So I should tell you guys that um, I did a little research about Colin before he came on the show. I know Colin. He works here at OVM. Um, his official title at OVM is Marketing Project Manager? No. no Marketing what's your official title? Manager. Marketing Manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should know this, though. Yeah, that's right. Um, Anyways, but his official title on LinkedIn is people person. So I think you need to give us a little description of that. What what does that mean? I was working a job in downtown Norfolk, and they made me make a LinkedIn profile because it was good for a sales presence to go after people in a a sales job I had. And originally, I decided if I have to have a LinkedIn, it will be completely sarcastic. So originally, (laughs) it was a baby picture. It was a a quote from, I think... um, the movie Step Brothers that was in there, and so now I've de-sarcasticized it, if that's a word, <laughs> you know, now yeah, it is. I think it is, I feel like it is. So. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I feel like a lot of what I love to do and what makes me feel fulfilled is summarizing those two things, you know, people person, those two words. People person, I, I think that's good. I think you are a people person. Yeah, so, thanks. Um, when I, when I was doing my, my stalking of you on social media, and I, I think it's totally you that you were anti-LinkedIn. Yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me. Thank you. you know, but you're conforming, so that's good. But I was stalking you. Um, one thing that, that I already knew, but I just want to let the audience know. So Colin also, he, he is an amazing employee here at OVM Financial, but he's also an entrepreneur, and he uh, is an avid real estate investor. Can I use the word avid? Sure. Okay. Avid real estate investor. So he brings that knowledge of being an entrepreneur to the show, which I think is great. Um, Also, he was a restaurant manager, which totally threw me off. Um, Not that you couldn't do it, but that's the the service industry. You have anything to comment about the service industry? Uh, The subculture of the service industry is the (laughs) deepest pit. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) That's actually true. Um, If you work in the service industry, we love the service industry. It's a tough industry. I actually was a bartender at one point in my life. Um, and I will tell you that's what helped me be a great loan officer because I yep. was able to, uh, you know, do a lot of things at the same time. Yep. So, 
it, it's a tough job. But um, the one thing that stood out to me is you're a manager of a very large restaurant. Yep. And over 100 employees you oversaw. Yep. And this is what blew my mind. And I don't want to plug the restaurant, so we're not going to um, say it by name. But there was over okay. 900 available seats yep. at one time you could see 900 people i mean that's just unbelievable right i mean tell us about like a, a typical day like the busiest time in there i mean how chaotic chaotic was it chaos is on a good day at that restaurant yeah. you know and that's for that applies to most restaurants even if they have 30 seats yeah that's you know? true and i think the the biggest thing i probably learned in that job when i was experiencing day to day was my job was to the staff largely yeah. my responsibility was to the staff I had to make many really good decisions, and if I didn't, then I'd have ramifications through the staff, either in how they value sometimes themselves and their job, yeah. and then of course how that would affect customers. So yeah. it was nonstop decision making, nonstop messing up and learning. That was for the most part my biggest skill actually yeah. was screwing up and learning. Yeah, you know, so that was a typical day at that restaurant. Yeah, we talk a lot about on, on the show, like failure and learning from your mistakes. And yep. and really, no matter what job you're in a restaurant or not, that's always always something you have to do. Um, but you also graduated from ODU. I just want to make sure I cover your complete background. I just want the audience to know how it's amazing extensive. you are. It's extensive. It's ODU. You also pastored a church, not as a senior pastor, I don't think, but you know, worked in, in ministry as well. Yep. Um, so you really, bottom line is, and I, I'm going to call you a young man because you're younger than me. Um, yep. You've done a lot in your short period of time here in the uh, in the professional world, and so you bring a wealth of knowledge and experience, and so you're also a pretty good talker, right? I'm good at talking a lot. You do. That's you do talk a sure. lot, right? And so, <laughs> um, before we kind of get into to the main part here, um, what's something that that you know I did a lot of digging and, and I found out stuff on social media about you, but what's something that not a lot of people know about Colin? Because I always like to ask everybody that, right? And I thought maybe the last name thing was going to be it, but you're asking it <laughs> no. directly. My, a lot of people do not know, I spent a day, a full day, at Waffle House one time. Actually, like, I, I knew that, but you know what? That is a very <laughs> unique thing. Tell us about that. This was a 24-hour period because I lost a bet. <laughs> it was not a significant bet. I won't get into it. Um, but we turned it into, myself and a group of friends, we turned it into an opportunity to raise some money for an organization that you know combats human trafficking and then persecute people who are you know found guilty of that yeah and so i spent a day in waffle house i think my tally was 13 waffles and i ate eight meals <laughs> and the ba the basically it was an instagram campaign all organic i just went on my story people came throughout the 24-hour period a big group to start a big group to end and people throughout and kind of hung out with me at waffle house yeah, and I think you asked me to donate, which I did. I feel like if I didn't, I'll, I'll send you a Venmo after. Right, after that sounds good. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> I don't think you did, actually. Really? No, you did. I was trying to get Venmo. more money. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, um, no, I think that's a great cause, and I think that's amazing. Um, I think more people should do that. Maybe maybe some of you guys here on the audience. Maybe we do know, it go spend a day together. Together, I think I, you know, I might be able to get somebody on my team there. Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, um, so I wanted to have Colin on, um, obviously, for all the reasons we just talked about, because he is amazing and has a lot of knowledge to bring. But also, he challenges me a lot, and he's been sending me some questions on some thoughts that he thought you guys as the audience would want to hear um, on the show. And so we're kind of just going to do this together. He's going to bounce some questions on, or off me. I oh, know. That's not what I mean. You're going to bounce some questions towards me. 
and then I may bounce them back at you. We'll see how it goes. Okay. So, all right. That let's see what great. you got. Yeah. Well, Matt, the thing people can know about you without knowing you well yeah. is you are a high-producing, successful business person. Okay. You know, Thank that you. is the I outcome. I like compliments. I like compliments. That's so an that's outcome. Good. We can, should we wrap it up? <laughs> is that the first time making that joke? <laughs> no. That's good. I got to write that down. <laughs> that's really good. You know, um, I'm, it's just straight flattery for 23 more minutes yeah, here. Yeah, that's good. I think we got it. Um, and that usually, when it's in a healthy organization or from a healthy person, is the outcome of a lot of very sound, small decisions that the person makes. You know, yeah. being a successful, high-producing business person, bakery, florist, lending, like what we do here. What I've, as I've gotten to know you for the past year and a half, noticed a lot is how deliberate you are with your people and how much you invest in them, both from a corporate perspective, like literally our corporation, yeah. and then a corporate from the Matt Beckwith team, and of course, individual kind of plans for people's development. And so I'm interested in that topic. I could talk about that for years. I could go to school for that for the rest of my life. And so I have some questions about that for you. Yeah. I think sometimes it starts with how we choose the, the people, the right people to be with us. And so maybe if you could start by telling me the number one and number two trait you look for in hiring. Yeah, so I, for me, that's really easy. Okay. I'm glad you asked that question. Um, <clears throat> I've talked about this a little bit on, on previous episodes, but for me, the number one trait I look for, and so it's more difficult in the hiring process to identify this trait, but to me, the most important trait to have somebody with somebody on your team is loyalty. And so when you have um, loyalty, to me, that trumps a lot of other um, downfalls, I guess, is the sure. word. So, you know, not that loyalty is everything. If you can't do your job, you can't do your job. Right. Right. But to me, if you can identify somebody that you know through thick and thin, because there's always going to be ups and downs in business. And I think, um, you know, when I was starting out in the business world and I, was, I started out very fast, and I remember thinking, this is easy. Right. How naive I was. And, and everybody around me kept telling me it's not easy. It's not easy. And I had some great mentors back then, but I didn't listen to them. So mentors are only as good as if you listen to them. And so I definitely never listened to them. But um, the one thing that I've learned is there's always ups and downs. And yeah. so having loyal people around you is definitely the number one trait I'm looking for in somebody. Okay. Uh, the second thing, if I had to pick a second thing, is effort. Right, loyalty and effort. Yeah. Um, when somebody is willing to stop what they're doing um, to correct a problem, um, and I'm not saying and, and working hard and work ethic is very important. And that doesn't mean you work, you know, 15 hours a day. It just means like while you're working, you're putting forth your best effort. Right. Yeah. You're not standing by the water cooler, you know, for too long. But I do think staying by the water cooler is a different topic and we can talk about that 30 45 day. seconds at most <laughs> yeah you know i mean i think social interaction in the, in the workplace is good <laughs> yeah but there is a limit right there is a limit to that for sure and when you think about loyalty because we know as people who work with us under us we work for everyone always works for somebody the word loyalty is often misunderstood and i think sometimes intentionally used to keep people close to you at all costs yeah and it can be sometimes toxic so how do you navigate that word? You talk about it boldly. You're you're kind of at it. That is a tentpole thing, I think, for Matt Beckwith. But how do you navigate sometimes the connotation with loyalty? That's actually a really good point because <clears throat> I think a lot of people could misunderstand that. So loyalty to me isn't necessarily like 
you would take a bullet for me, right? right? Yeah. Which I think is good. Like, no matter what, I'm sticking with you, right? Yes, I know that's what loyalty is, but loyalty to me is really, when I'm not around, are you moving forward the business, right? Mm -hmm. As I would move forward the business. And loyalty to me is, is just um, representing me as a business owner or representing our team or our company when nobody else is looking, right? Or are you um, whispering to somebody about all the things we're doing wrong, sure. right? That to me is loyalty. Like the toxic part of it is when I used to say, we have a meeting as a team and then after the meeting, there's other meetings that happen yes. without me that are discussing what we talked about in the meeting. And I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. I'm just saying, are you saying things that are negative? Right? Are you trying to build up the team and build up the people around you? And so if you're on my team, right, I expect you, if you have an idea or if you have a challenge, that you come to me directly with that. Um, if you think that we're doing something totally wrong or if you think we could get better, bring it to me. I mean, I, I'll tell you, I'm not perfect. right? And I think every leader has to have that mindset. There's a lot of people around yeah. me that are way smarter than me. And so bringing those ideas to me in a healthy way is good. So loyalty is just is representing the team or representing the business in a way that's positive I and not that. negative. Yeah, I would be taking notes right now, but I can't because I'm your co-host. So yeah. that would look weird if I was typing. You can, I take time. notes sometimes. That's <laughs> good. Um, you remind me of a, a subject I think a good bit about in, in leadership, especially is multiplying yourself. Yeah. You know, we, and I think similar to loyalty, that can be taught as a, a way that there have to be a bunch of mini or mimic Matt Beckwith yeah. walking around. So how do you promote that as a concept on your team? And how do you promote layers of management under you to be able to have those kind of very honest, sometimes not pleasant conversations while still maintaining loyalty yeah. and they're being authentic to themselves? How do you do that? Well, I think you create loyalty by having direct conversations, okay. right? What I've learned through my own mistakes is avoiding things actually makes it worse. Yes. And so I think a lot of times what we do is when we are want to address something performance-wise with somebody on our team, we have a natural tendency, maybe it was just me, but I just avoid it or I would be passive-aggressive about it until it got to the point where it was creating more problems. And so I had to learn from those mistakes and I've tried not to be so passive-aggressive sure. with <laughs> Um, you know, things that need to be actually addressed that right. are affecting the business. And so I totally can't remember the actual original question you just said. You answered it. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's where uh, I just believe that people want to have direction. Yes. Right? They want to be told if they're doing something good or bad deep down. Is it always comfortable? No. But I know people like that and they want to move forward and grow. Right. Yeah, I've heard, I can't remember who said this, but they define confrontation as truth-telling in love. Yeah. You know? I, I don't like the word confrontation, because I use it too much, too. I'm like, yeah. hey, we, sometimes what we think is a confrontation actually isn't really a confrontation, sure. right? It's just how you're viewing that conversation. Yeah. Sorry. That's great. No. You, I defer to you, Yeah. you know, on these things. Question that's from a different perspective. What maybe in business or decision when it comes to what to do with your family or just in general, what do you do when you don't know what to do? That's a deep question. Um, I think that for me, I try to just take a step back. Okay. Um, and if it, it just depends on the situation, right? If you don't know what to do, I think that's normal. 
right? But I think seeking counsel from people that are like-minded is really something I always try to do in those situations. And you have to be careful um, with who you bring what situations to. Sure. But you have to know who your inner circle is. And I have a really good inner circle of friends that um, are leaders in other organizations um, that I can talk to that aren't in my life necessarily at a business level that I can bounce things off um, from a non-biased opinion. And I know I know they're going to give me um, opinions that I can trust. Sure. Now, with any opinions, it still has to be filtered through you know, and, and digest it. It doesn't mean you always go with somebody else's opinion. Right. But you hear it out, and then you try to make the best decision possible. Sure. Do you have any people, because I'm pretty strict, I think is a word I would use, or, or regular with the type of mentors who I seek out. Yeah. And there are some for me who I know in areas of my life fundamentally would see things from a different perspective. Do you approach relationships like that as well and, and try and learn from those guys, or does it have to be, what alignment has to be there for you to see someone as having a valuable kind of coaching or mentorship voice? I mean, for me, it has to be um, somebody that loves Jesus, number one. Yep. And number two, um, well, there really is number two. There is no number yeah. two. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much it. That's one thing, um, one million. But, you yeah. know, when I look at, at individuals' priorities <clears throat> of the people I'm closest to, like when I'm sitting down with them, we can be like, hey, how's your marriage going? Sure. And they could come back and say, you're an idiot. Right. Like (laughs) that's the kind of relationships I seek out, not people that are going to be, oh, yeah, that's a great idea when it's a horrible idea or, hey, yeah, you your wife is horrible. Right. Right. She shouldn't have said that to you or whatever the case is. I want people around me. that are going to tell me the truth. Sure. Like, hey, why did you do that? You should have got her flowers for her birthday or whatever the case is. Right. I want people like that around me. And and the turning point for me, um, I remember there was a uh, situation where uh, the wife and I got in a little bit of an argument. I know that's hard to believe, it is. Um, but we do every once in a while. And so we went, um, I was talking to one of my closest friends about it, and he literally told me I was an idiot. Mm. And this was probably eight years ago. Now, I'm still close with him, but he was like, yeah, you're an idiot. Go apologize and you know, <laughs> yeah. go from there. Yeah. And I was so, at that point, I in my mind, I was so in the right, and I wasn't. And yeah. so having people around you that are going to hold you accountable and not just be yes men right. um, is key. Yeah. Well, I was hoping you were going to say that that's exactly how I feel. I think to lead other people and just be a healthy person, it starts with how we're leading ourselves. Yeah. And self-leadership is not something I think I, I don't hear it that much. Do you hear that concept out? That I often? mean, I've heard it, but it's not that often. Yeah. You know, and so I'm curious about like to put practical handles on things. What does what are the disciplines Matt is doing throughout the day, week, month, you know, for reading, learning, like fitness? Like, what are the things you're doing that you've got to be to, that gets you to a baseline of I'm ready to have somewhat of overflow yeah. to give to people? You know, well, as you were asking me about that question, I got really distracted. Um, I was thinking about something. Um, yeah, the uh, the hat choice, right. I like the hat choice, but we were talking about something, and I know this is way off. I want to come back to that question. I did listen to the question. Um, I think it's important to know that Colin picks out his hat or his shoes first. Actually, I can't remember. That is exactly what I told you. And people may not know this, but I'm not just a guest on this podcast. I was the inaugural guest (laughs) on the Winning with Beckwith blooper reel, I think, which was seven months ago. 
Yeah. And you're also not going to believe this. That was my headline in LinkedIn for a while. <laughs> and people would connect or be like, and what, what is that? The blooper what? Yeah. And, like, and I would explain it. It's like I spend way too much time doing that stuff. Yeah. You know? That's it. So I just want everybody <laughs> to know that I think it's important because it made me think about like what part of your clothing do you pick out first? Yeah. And then what do you base it around? Yeah. Right? So I'm going to be honest. I typically pick out my shirt first and then okay. I try to build around that. So give give us like what what do you pick out first because this is obviously very important. I own thirty nine hats. Okay, I'm a hat guy. As a company, our investment into hat culture is probably what won me here. Yeah, and that's why I work at this job. Yeah, and um, <laughs> we do have a good hat. Culture. So, so I um, I do I pick out my hat typically first, and then if that's going to be an accent piece or more of a matchy matchy piece, that kind of determines where I go top down okay and then where do you determine the gold chain i mean is that like is that yeah. like part of the hat or is that later like just the accessories the gold chain <laughs> is there i mean do you want the honest answer i can yeah, tell you this one is regular because it's special to okay me. this isn't cool. a change it's obviously a necklace okay. this one is going to be above shirt yeah. if it matches the watch yeah undershirt if i'm wearing maybe the a silver watch of mine yeah. okay all right Back to the podcast. Right. That was, that was, <laughs> I don't know. I actually have never been diagnosed with ADD, but it may, it may be there. Um, anyway, so you were asking me about my disciplines. Right. Right now, do you mean like morning disciplines or? Yes. Morning, you okay. know, do you Anything? have something you can do weekly, monthly, like getaway stuff, all your habits that kind of yeah. you, you have in place. So this is what I've learned about habits. Um, they're always adjusting and changing. Yep. And so... Um, I think with any habits, for me, what I've had to learn is consistency of the habit over a long period of time is key. And what I mean by that is like, I think for me, my personality was I would start a habit and then I would miss a couple days. And instead of just picking back up with the habit, I would just stop the habit altogether, <laughs> yeah. right? No matter how good it was. So it could be healthy eating, it could be working out, it could be reading my Bible every day, uh, it could be journaling, whatever. Right. That was the key. And so I think somebody probably needs to hear this right now that it's okay to miss a couple of days sometimes. It's really consistency over Absolutely. months, years, um, a lifetime that builds up and adds up. Right. And so I just, I don't know where that came from, but that, that's what I felt like saying about habits. But for me personally, I have right now, I'm really trying to get up super early. And okay. I kind of go back and forth on getting up early. Yeah. So for a long time, I would read all these books about these super high-performing CEOs. And they would wake up at, you know, 3 a.m. and do a two-hour workout and, you know, do all these things. And so for a long time in my life, I felt like I had to do that, right? I had to get up early. Now, I never got up at 3, just to be clear. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I would get up super early and try to accomplish all these things. And then I hit a point in my life where I was like, you know what? I like sleep. And that's okay. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to sleep later. Not that I'm not doing healthy habits and I'm not doing things, but I was like, I, I want to sleep in. All right. So I'm at the point now in my life where I'm back to getting up early. Cool. And so yeah. for me, I try to get up at 4.15 every day. And I was doing really good with that until the time change. When the yeah. time changed, you know, that, that pushed me back a few weeks. But again going back to what I just said about habits, I could have just fallen off completely, but I kept working backwards. So instead of 
waking up at 5.15, which would have been 4.15 before, mm-hmm. I would wake up at 5, and I slowly push myself back sure. I love you that. Know, to the 4.15 wake-up call. And so my main habit, the first thing I do every day, right, the most important thing I do every day is read the Bible. Just kind of put that out there. But other than that is making my coffee. Yeah. <laughs> it's Close very, second. very important to have a good cup of coffee. I recommend pour-overs. Really good single-origin coffee. Big fan of Kenyan, Ethiopia, Costa Rican. Do you have a bag somewhere you can plug? Or are you going to pull it out? I, I don't have a bag. Next episode, I'll, I'll pull a bag out. Um, but I, I like to make my coffee uh, first thing, and then I start reading my Bible. I'm always reading a book. Some other type of book could be a business book. Uh, could be just a book to help me improve as a person um, and grow closer to God. But I do those two things, and then I really just try to like sit still. Yeah. Um, and, you know, sometimes I'll journal, sometimes I'll think, you know, there's a lot of times where I have a lot going through my mind about what I have to do that day, who's coming on the podcast, can I pronounce his name, like that sure. kind of stuff happens. Sure. And so I'll try to write things down that are on my mind just to get it on paper um, so I don't stress about it. Yeah. Right. And so once I'm done with that, then I go work out. Cool. Right. Now, my goal is to work out three times a week. Um you know, I have a, uh, a trainer, and if he's listening right now, he'll tell you that I don't always make three times a week. But again, I don't give up, and I at least get in there one to two times a week um, to get a good workout in. So yeah. after that, I get home, get the kids to school, and I do take the kids to school every day. So I'm looking forward to that break when the summer comes. Yeah. Um, and I get them to school, and then I'm off to work. And do you notice a difference with how you interact with people, the energy you have, how present you can be? when you're kind of dialed on a good set of habits like that? For sure. <laughs> when I'm not dialed in, right? Yeah. if I didn't go through my normal routine in the morning, um, I'm not the most pleasant person to be around all the time. Sure. Right? I can definitely slip into um, negativity and yeah. slip into handling things how I shouldn't handle them. I could do a lot better. I do a lot better when I'm, when I'm sticking to my habits, for yeah. sure. Very cool. More on the people side, especially here at OVM who work with you. What are some of the things you do? I know you've got, is it a weekly team meeting? So we have a daily team meeting. Daily team meeting, yeah. Yeah. What is all of it? Stuff that is developmental, stuff that's literally information dissemination about, you know, your business. How are you communicating with them with all like the structures to, for them to grow? How do you do that? So, before the COVID shutdown, I would say my meetings were very sporadic, maybe weekly. Okay. Right. Um, when we when we moved into everybody working from home, um, I realized real quick um, that that was a weakness in our team. The information dissemination, the coaching. Sure. It was happening, but it wasn't happening in an organized manner, and so. That's really where the weekly, or I'm sorry, where the daily call started. Um, number one, I had to make sure these guys were awake yep. because <laughs> I wasn't sure if they were working or not. And so if I wasn't sure they were working, <laughs> you know, it's funny because, you know, we started doing Zoom calls at first. Um, people would show up in their pajamas mm-hmm. onto the Zoom call. And I made everybody turn their camera on. That's just important to me. And so then I, 
Then I made a rule, no pajamas, right? But when I made that rule, it was because somebody had their robe on, right, with no shirt on underneath. And I'm not <laughs> going to mention any names, but his name's Eugene. Yeah. And, um, you know, literally his whole chest was open on the Zoom call. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> could I have to have – I know this is way off base. It's just funny. So then – you know, the next show, people had tank tops. Or next show, I'm sorry. The next call, people had uh, tank tops on, and it was just bad. So then I told them they had to wear a collar shirt. I didn't care what pants they had on, yep. but you at least had to look respectable on the Zoom call. And so uh, once we got past that, then we are able to actually have productive calls. <clears throat> so it's really important. So we, what we do on those calls is um, we talk about and things that I'm seeing, right? It could be underwriting guidelines, right? Sure. Um, I also for the most part, let some of the leaders on my team handle the majority of the call. And then I'll typically do some coaching, whether it's, you know, coaching on overcoming some objections, uh, whatever the case is, whatever I'm seeing at that time that I think we need to work on as a team to help the loan officers grow is what we'll cover on those calls. Very cool. And how do you pour into the leaders on your team? Yeah, that's a good question. I Honestly, as you said that, I'm like, I could do a lot better. <laughs> I could do a lot better with that. But... Um, I think with leaders, I think giving them that responsibility and authority yeah. um, and having conversations with them um, in their improvement, they don't, they're not any different than anybody else, right? They all have areas that they could work in. And right. so um, I try to spend some time with them one-on-one and make sure that they're growing as a leader and also just giving them more responsibility and letting them fail a little bit and then correcting as we go. Love it. I love that. Do you feel like you how do I ask this question what are know. some what are some blind spots that you feel like you have like some things you're maybe <clears throat> less confident in speaking to that other people deal with hmm. nothing no I'm just kidding <laughs> I knew that was gonna come. <laughs> I knew it was gonna happen no because <laughs> the truth is is like I know I always know there's something I could get better at sure right but you know specifically sometimes I don't always see it that's why they're called blind spots mm -hmm. right and like trying to look for blind spots and find the things that you're you're not doing, I think is, it takes a lot of self-reflection, right? And humbleness, right? To realize what those blind spots are. Sure. And as I was talking to you, I realized that I probably right now aren't pouring enough into the leaders on my team. And so that's one blind spot okay. that you just, asking me that question made me realize when I was going to answer that, that I'm not doing enough. Not on purpose. He has great leaders. They are great. I didn't do it on purpose. Yeah, yeah. they are great. No, no. And they all, and probably that's why, because sometimes when things don't look broke when they're not right in sure. front of your face, it's not always on the forefront of your mind. And so I think finding blind spots is key for any leader. Yep. And so I really think, you know, cause we're getting close to the end here. Um, you know, cause I can see the clock and you can't, um, I think that that's a, just a kind of a good way to wrap up. Like as a leader, I really believe um, that even for myself, like we have to find the blind spots. And so I think it's okay to ask the people around you what they see for the blind spots. And I think also it just takes time to self-reflect. And sometimes if right. something is failing that you're in charge of, it's probably your fault. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's how yeah. I look at it. Like if yeah. something's not working, right, it's probably my fault. And so... Yes. Um, that could be in, in whatever you do. It could be coaching outside of of business. It could be a real estate business. It could be you know your your job every day. You really have to kind of look at it and figure out what you're doing wrong and what you could do better. Right. 
So, any other last minute questions? Any Hail Marys? Man, you, you covered the, the spread on that one. All right, know. so a couple key points I want everybody <clears throat> to remember, okay? It's Pommerie, very famous. It's Paramount. Okay, yeah. when you're picking out your outfits, go with the hat or the shoes first. Very yep. important. Yeah. Um, but um, there's probably a third thing I'm not thinking of. Oh, gold chains. Make sure you wear a gold chain with every outfit. I yep. think that's important. That's huge. But thank you for co-hosting. I mean, of there was no preparation of this. You literally just showed up with some questions, and I appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. I really appreciate that. Please take the time. If you know anybody that you think could benefit from the podcast, really, we're just doing it for you guys, right? Um, I definitely don't get paid any extra for this. Right. Right. Me. <laughs> but if Fiji, just so you guys know, Fiji, I love Fiji water. If you guys want to, you know, sponsor us, we're always available. I'll take the call. Sure. So thank you guys. And please tune in to the next episode.